0: Soundly. So, right now, our listeners get thirty percent off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to Headspace.com/sleeppod for thirty percent off your subscription, but only until May twelfth. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to Headspace.com/sleeppod today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, Session Number One Hundred and Nine. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now, your host, who can skip a rock over 20 times, Pat Flynn.
0: Hey everybody, what's up? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to episode 109 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Before we get started today and onto today's interview, I just wanna give a quick shout out and thank you to everybody who has sent their best wishes and prayers for everything that's going on in San Diego right now. This is where I live. There are about half a dozen fires going on right now around San Diego County, um, thank you to all the firefighters and anybody, anybody, who's, in, who, anybody who's a firefighter. You, you are awesome. Um, just thank you because uh, they've been working overtime here to get things under control. I actually had to evacuate my house the other day. Everything's good. Our home is safe and our family and everybody I know is doing well. But there's a lot of people who did lose their homes. And let's just hope this all gets under control very soon. Again, thank you so much for uh, your prayers. And for those of you listening in the future, this is uh, dating back to May 2000. 14 and I always know it's weird sort of talking about real-time events in a podcast because people listen to a podcast in the future but um, I don't think we could ever thank those who are fighting fires enough and putting their lives at risk for all of us out there to stay safe so thank you again now on to today's interview I'm really excited about this one because and actually I I feel a little bit bad because um, this the person I interviewed I actually interviewed a long time ago and then I lost the interview But he was kind enough to come back on. And actually, the interview was even better. This is Vinny Todorich from vinnytodorich.com. He's known as America's angriest. Trainer. He's been a personal trainer for over 32 years, started uh, you know, personal training celebrities, and then um, actually had to battle cancer, overcome the writer's strike, and also the crash of 2008. And then he's bounced back, and he's become an amazing person who's done a lot of successful things online now. So he took an offline business and is now doing things online. He has a book that has done really well called Fitness Confidential with over 700 reviews on Amazon, most of them over – Almost 600 of them, uh, of them are are five-star ratings. He also has a very successful podcast in the health category on iTunes, uh, Vinny Todorich, again, America's angriest trainer. A lot of gold nuggets in this episode, and I uh, hope you pay attention. So thank you so much. Enjoy. And uh, here's Vinny Todorich from VinnyTodorich.com, author of Fitness Confidential. Hey, Vinny, what's up? How are you? Thanks for joining us today. I'm doing
2: great, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: This is so cool. And I have to also thank you because we already had a recording and I didn't, nobody knows this yet, but I lost it in, a, in another hard drive crash. Um, even with backup, I lost it and you were kind enough to come back on and, and, and provide value for us. So just first of all, thank you for that.
2: Uh, no, th- You know, I almost said, thanks for having me on again, not realizing <laughs> that this no one would know that. So thanks for saying
0: that. <laughs> no, but it was a great interview, and that's why I really, really wanted to make sure I brought you back on. You have a, an amazing story. So why don't you start with sort of where you came from? You're a fitness trainer, and now you're doing stuff online. But what were you doing before that?
2: Well, you know, I was uh, for years, uh, my whole life. I've been a fitness trainer for 32 years, and I, I moved out to L.A. 23 years ago. And I, I got really lucky and I started working with uh, celebrities. And, you know, I kind of, I'm saying I'm really lucky. I made that luck. I was doing good work and the celebrities kind of found me. And I became one of those early on, you know, celebrity fitness trainer guys. Um, but unlike most other trainers in my position, I did everything in my power not to let anyone know who I was or even know my last name. Uh, I walked around known as Vinny, the fitness guy. Um, and and that's simply because, you know, with celebrities, you know, they get in trouble sometimes and we all see these media stories where they'll say sources close to, you know, Mm -hmm. like if Britney Spears got in trouble, sources close to Britney says that she's crazy. You know, the sources are always the masseurs, the masseuses, the fitness trainers, the cook, you know, because they know that they could get to these people and hand them three, four, five thousand $5,000. And these people start singing like canaries. So I literally spent my career because of the type of clients I had and still have not, you know, opening my mouth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just focused on your work and training. Yeah. Celebrities. yeah it, was a
2: day, it was a day gig for me. I went to work, get my job, came home, you know,
0: I see. And then where did you go from, from there?
2: I, I, I basically just stayed there. Um, I did get some. Yeah, I guess you could say my, my name got out there because I, I got. I, I talked about it in Fitness Confidential. It was the first story I tell. There was this actress they wanted to put in a sitcom, and uh, she was heavy, and they had to get weight off of her. Um, she was a funny comedian, and they wanted to get a ton of weight off, so they hired me. And she lost so much weight; it was so recognizable that when she went on. Um, The Tonight Show and and, uh, Letterman. And Mm -hmm. back at that point, uh, that was the other guy with the dog pound. Um, God, I can't think of his name now. Uh, It was another late night show. My name was on all of these shows all of a sudden. And that made me even more popular with uh, celebrities. Mm -hmm. But I was happy doing that, Pat, until literally 2007. Um, And that's when everything kind of came to a crashing halt.
0: And, and why, what happened?
2: Uh, well, well, first, I, I, I found out I had leukemia, and um, I was so far along that it was kind of a life or death situation. Um, turns out I ended up living, which was a good thing. Um, so I had six or seven or eight months in the crux of it where I couldn't work at all but i didn't care you know i've been saving money my whole life i'm not a spender i don't drive fancy cars so i was good you know i was like wow finally i get a vacation <laughs> but right on the back end of that you know that you know 2008 came along and the crash happened and well before that even the you know the writer strike happened in la and you kept hearing on the news collateral damage I well i was collateral damage because if hollywood is not working No one's making money, and no one's going to pay me. So I had that happen. So I went from cancer to writer's strike right into the crash of 08, you know, when the economy just fell apart. And I started looking around and going, uh, (laughs) what do I do now? You know, um, so that was kind of the beginning of that.
0: It's always weird how it seems like when one sort of bad thing happens, many bad things happen. You know, it just sort of brings us all the way down. And, you know, you felt that ripple effect from the writer's strike amongst all that other stuff. How did you get out of it? Because obviously you're doing really, really well right now. I'm wondering if maybe certain things happened uh, that just kind of took you out from that dip and and, and brought you back into light.
2: Well, yeah, I I did all the obvious things. Um, You know, I did have a couple of clients. I I hung on to those clients tooth and nail. Uh, A couple of them I even lowered the price on. You know, I, I you know, I, I did. I gave them prices that I'd never charged ever in my career. And um, the rest, I was hanging on tooth and nail just to pay bills. Um, I did have a second car, uh, a sports car. I got rid of that, uh, got rid of my motorcycle. You know, anything that I could, I could sell off. I just sold off. You know, I wasn't a guy that had any debt. Like when I bought a sports car or a motorcycle, I paid for it right then and there. Um, so I was able to sell it and recoup some cash. Um, but you know, you lose money when you do that. Mm-hmm. And I started reading, I found a book called what would Google do by, um, Jeff Jarvis. And I read that book and when I got to the end, I went right back to chapter one and read it again because I realized, um, and by the way, I don't think that book was out until '09 or 10, whenever it came out that, you know, um, I read that book, um, But I was suffering for a long time. And I was like, wow, you know, maybe the internet (laughs) is kind of a place where I can look to make some money. Uh, I think the one thing that I knew was that it wouldn't be easy money. Like you can't just click a button and start making money on the internet. You would, you know, I said, I could take the same knowledge I've been giving people for 30 years and put it to work on the internet. So I started doing a blog.
0: This is a blog about fitness and other things, as opposed to a lot of what's out there or what has been out there is, hey, buy my program, do these things, and you're going to make money overnight. You, you knew to avoid those things.
2: Yeah, it didn't even occur to me to, um, to look into them. Uh, you know, I, I just started writing a blog and I said, you know, I'm just going to make this blog the most real thing in the world. And I wrote literally one blog every day for 365 days. Um, that was my goal. It kind of kept me sane, and a couple of things happened. You know, at first, you know, thirty people a day are reading it, and then a hundred people. And I'll never forget the first time five hundred people came to my blog in one day. I thought that was like, you know, holy crap, <laughs> five hundred people read this, and then a thousand, and then you know, eventually five thousand, six thousand. You know how that goes.
0: Yeah. Right? How how were people finding you? Was there any any few people that maybe had some influence and 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 pointed their followers in your direction or how, how did you get all, all that traffic no, uh,
2: absolutely not uh, as a matter of fact i didn't i wasn't on twitter at the time um i, I had a facebook account because serena my better half uh, set it up for me i didn't really you know i had a couple of friends from back home on facebook i didn't really even know what that was to be honest <laughs> with you and uh seo i i, I didn't know seo People were finding it and telling their... It became word of mouth because I was the first guy that wasn't trying to sell a product. I was just saying, here is how you will get in shape. If you just do these things, you will lose weight. If you just do that, don't listen. And and some people were right, you're crazy, you're nuts. And it's like, well, okay, that's fine. But I've been doing this for 30 years and this is how the human body works. I have a degree in it. You can either go take a pill or a powder or... Buy some fancy piece of equipment that will never work, or you can do this. And it just became a word of mouth deal.
1: Mm.
2: You know, um, and, and I, I wish that, you know, I know that's not the answer you want. I'm You know, I know most tech people want to hear that I was tweeting a, th- a gazillion times a day and I was doing this and that and the whole thing, but that I didn't.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's good to be re- reminded of really at the core of what we do here online, and that's provide value, and hopefully do it in a way that's different from how everybody else is doing it. So I think even though you took the long, slow approach, typically is how people would feel it. I'm just going to write great stuff and 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 have it spread of word of mouth. Um, it worked for you, and I think that's just a testament to 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 the knowledge that you had in your brain that you put on your blog for people to read and then share. Yeah, yeah, you
2: know, I think I think that's part of the other part is. When you write 365 blogs in one year, the word fat and weight loss is going to come up often and somehow you will somehow move to, you know, the head of the class Mm -hmm. on the internet. So maybe that had a lot to do with it. I just don't know. Uh, The one thing that did have two things happened. One, I got hacked. Uh, So whenever someone all of a sudden one day I woke up and it says you've been hacked by the devil. And it was the big devil face where my blog used to be. Wow. And I said, well, there you go. You know, and I just walked away from it. But one of my closest friends and one time client, uh, Dean Laurie, who was a a producer in Hollywood and a TV writer. And he had written several books that were very successful. He wrote the nightmare Academy series of books that Sony bought up. He, um, he, he, did the, the TV show, My Wife and Kids, uh, Arrested Development. Nice. Right now, this year, he just did. He brought Robin Williams back to television in a show called uh, The Crazy Ones.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Dean became just, a, he loved my blog. He loved the way I wrote. Um, and every Friday night, we would get together during those dark days when nobody had a job, and we would have a scotch and a piece of fish. Literally, we would meet and have scotch and fish at a restaurant and um he kept telling me how great the blog was and when he went to the blog and saw that all of a sudden it was hacked by the devil he started on me about writing a book and i kept saying no i don't want to write a book i don't and he said if you just take those blog posts i said dean i can't even get to my blog post much less (laughs) but he kept on me and uh one day i found myself sitting in his office um, with about 40,000 words worth of notes that I sat down and wrote myself. And uh, we started, you know, pulling those notes and writing a book.
0: That's cool, which eventually turned into Fitness Confidential.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Now that must have been, I mean, I I, I know a lot of people have recently wrote books, and it has been a huge struggle for them. Um, you know, it's not easy to do. I've written a couple myself, and it's it's been one of the hardest things in my life to accomplish. I mean, it's so much different than writing a blog post. And even though you took your blog posts essentially and turned that into a book, was it, you know, how was that process for you turning your blog posts into a book?
2: Um, well it it was, you know, it was just me sitting, you know, Dean asked me to write a few notes, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm that kind of weird disciplined guy. I think that's where a lot of people lose the focus. You know, um, I, I just, I don't mind sitting down every day. Like if I was driving in my car, I, I'm, I'm still not a real techie guy. So I, I just kept a bunch of posted, not posted, uh, those four by something cards, you know, those um, index cards. Right. I had a stack of them in my car. And if I came up with a thought, when I got to the next stoplight, I would just jot the words down with a pen that I had stuck to the, the cards. And when I got home that night, I would just flesh it out. I would take those notes and flesh it out onto uh, you know, a yellow Staples uh, you know, legal pad. Mm-hmm. And before I knew it, I had seven or eight or ten legal pads full of notes. Um, yes, I, I didn't use Word document <laughs> because I can't type. And, and that, that should be a lesson here. You don't really have to know how to type or use the Internet to learn how to use the Internet. I, I, I figured out ways around it. You know, if I had to wait for myself to get all the words typed into Word, that's not going to happen. You know, I'm going to forget my thoughts, but I can write really fast.
0: So, who 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 actually turned the book and that and your notes into something that was digital? That you had to, people do that for you, I assume.
2: No, uh, Dean and I sat into sat in a room. Um, he he did most of the tapping on a computer. Uh, I've gotten really quick with uh, using you know, four of my 10 fingers. Um, (laughs) but you know, Dean and I sat there and we wrote together like I was there and he was there for every single word we wrote. And we literally sat, he's got my kind of weird work ethic where we sat down every day for three hours for I think six or seven or eight months and fleshed out every note. As a matter of fact, we had over a hundred thousand word book that we cut down to 70,000 words because we both are big believers in, you know, cutting all the fat and just, that's why the book is such a fast read. There's nothing there that, you know, we're we're both Hemingway fans, by the way, and Hemingway was a real economist with words Mm -hmm. and he feels the same way. And I feel the same way, but we sat there and, you know wrote together everything you know people want to think oh you're a fitness trainer you're not a writer you didn't write your book no i literally wrote my book uh but dean can type like a machine gun you know so he did the typing but we put every word in there together
0: right so it was good that dean was there helping you out and you guys were working together now you said you didn't want to write a book but he convinced you and now what were your thoughts before it was out for sale, what did, how did you think it was going to deal? How did, did you know it was going to be this successful?
2: I No, I, I thought we would get a deal based on the fact that Dean had... I, I had one children's book that I wrote back in the early 2000s um, called Monty that did really well in the children's world. Um, So I knew the book process, and I figured out oh, someone's going to give us 20 or $30,000. bucks, we will both take a cut of it, and we'll walk away, and then the book will either... Succeed or fail, and if it succeeds wildly, we'll start getting some residual checks.
0: This is from like going the traditional route.
2: Yeah, this is if you go to publishers. Um, well, the first thing we did was Dean took it over to WME, William Morris Agency, where he is. That, that's his agency, and he took it to his book public, He took it to his book agent, who said, "This is one of the best books I've read all year." The problem is, no one knows who the hell Vinnie Totarich is which is a problem. And Dean said, well, there's been a lot of authors that nobody knew who they were before they wrote the book. Mm -hmm. And the agent said, yes, that used to be the case, but we went on the internet. And the only thing we found was, you know, he's hacked by the devil. When you put his name in, he doesn't exist on the internet, you know? Mm -hmm. So Dean called me. I'll never forget. I was, I was sitting in a filling station. I, I, I still call them filling stations, gas station. And, uh, He he called me and he said, you have to go back on the internet and make yourself popular. And I said, what do you mean? He says, you have to become popular. It's the only way William Morris would even look at this. And I said, what, you want me to become like Jenna Marbles? I mean, you you want me to be like a chick sitting on a bed in a bikini telling my stories? I I have no way of becoming popular. I'm an old Italian dude. I, I don't know what I'm doing here. And he said, well, either you become popular or... You're going to have to find a different way to sell the book. And um, w- within five days of that, I had a new podcast up. Nice. nice. <laughs> well, so you that's discovered fine.
0: podcasting. Say again? So you discovered that podcasting was a good uh, potential way to well, build an audience and be, become popular.
2: Well, well, kind of. You know, I, I, I well, talked to my nephew and I said, look, mm-hmm. uh, I need help. I need to stop putting blogs up. My nephew is a journalist down in Louisiana. I said, I could put a few blogs up. I type very slowly, but I could get a few up. I need to get a bunch of blogs up. I need to become popular fast. And he said, it doesn't work that way. You can't just put up a thousand blogs and become popular. So he said to me, why don't you do a podcast? And I said, great. What's a podcast? (laughs) And he said, it's a radio show on the internet. And he knew I could do it because I had a talk radio show back in New Orleans, uh, in 1999, uh, called talking fitness, which is a popular show. And he said, you know, you're going to shoot right to the top on this because most people doing podcasts have no idea what they're doing and you know how to professionally do, you know, a radio show. So you could just do this, um, So without even learning how to turn on the computer, um, I went to my friend Anna Vocino and said, please help me get five of these up and then I'll figure it out. And the rest is history.
0: Yeah, I mean, talk about your podcast. How is that? How's that gone for you?
2: It's going um, uh, really well. Um, We've been one of the top fitness podcasts for almost the two years that it's been out. Uh, we get um, well over 300,000 downloads per month on the podcast. Uh, we were getting more uh, before this month. We, we were doing three a week. And when you do three a week, obviously your numbers per month are going to be higher. They've dropped just a little bit uh, because we've gone down to one a month. But the numbers on that one per month have gone way up.
0: One per month now.
2: No, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank thank you. I, that was a slip. Uh, one per week.
0: Oh, okay. I was like, wow.
2: Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> one per week. But the, the numbers on that thing has just jumped. Uh, and it's jumped so high that we've been getting calls from everybody wanting to advertise because somehow they could figure out when you have one show that's kicking butt. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're trying that out to see what that's all about. Um, You know, everything is always just on a trial basis with me. We could end up going back to two a week or three a week or five a week. Um, I I can talk every day. It doesn't bother me. Uh, So, yeah, it's doing really well. That's awesome.
0: And obviously you can talk much faster than you can type. Um, so, I mean, to produce three a week and then now even doing just one a week, I mean, that's a lot of content and to just talk about fitness in, in a way that people can consume it on the go. Maybe they're at the gym listening to you. Um, that's just that's just incredible. I mean, I know I know your po- your podcast has done really well because we met each other at New Media Expo and we were both up. Uh, we were both nominated for a podcast <coughs> award this yeah. past year. and Unfortunately, neither of us won, uh, which which <laughs> is unfortunate, but that's OK. I mean, just to be nominated is, is pretty awesome. Now. Keep us going through this journey. You, discuss, you, you start a podcast. Now, what hap, What happens with the book now?
2: Well, you know, we start the podcast. We we start getting numbers. You know, I noticed that people are coming to com to, you know, to look at and see what else I might have there. So I started doing like an FAQ for people so that people could have free content and the whole deal. Um, I had found you by that point. And started paying attention to what you were doing. And you know, because I started looking around going, wait a minute, what, what's other guys doing? And I read an article um, that you were in. I think it was New York Times or something. Mm-hmm. And I immediately went to the Internet. I went, this guy's pretty cool. And um, I started paying attention. And, and by the way, I never bought into your program. I took your free content. And... You know, use that. that. That's how cool you are.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't have any, at this moment in time, I don't have anything for sale anyway. It's all free.
2: Yeah. Well, do you, you have, doesn't Anna belong to something? Because Anna ended up, my, my co-host ended up doing something.
0: There was something called Breakthrough Blogging that came out. And it's still there, but it's it's been closed for almost a year now because I've been working with people in there to make it better before I reopen it. So for three days over the past five years, I've sold something of my own. Other than that, I've been recommending products as an affiliate, products that I use, of course. But um, nothing is, is my own that I'm selling currently.
2: Okay. Uh, well, it, it's that sort of thing where we're doing the same sort of thing where it's all of this free content. Um, and that started working. Meanwhile, uh, my agent, I, I went with a different agent out of New York, one of the top book agents, um, 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 Greenberg, Levine mm-hmm. Greenberg. And I have one of the top agents there. She loved the book. She went to the top 22 or 21 uh, book publishers in the world. And most of them turned the book down, saying that we have never we love this book, but we've never seen a book like this. As a matter of fact, my agent said she's never seen, you know, usually a, a rejection letter is thanks, but no thanks. Mm-hmm. Some of these rejection letters were two and three paragraphs long going, if he would just change this book and make it look more like every other fitness book, we would buy it in a heartbeat. And I said, no, I stuck to my guns. Um, two, two of the bigger companies came back, the biggest companies actually, and said, uh, one of them offered us a two book deal. If I would promise to just cut the book in half and give them two books, because it's actually two books in one. And I said no to that. And another company said they, they would do it, but they would only buy the first book and want to option the second. And I said no to all of it, um, and self-published the book myself.
1: Hmm.
0: So you went on Amazon.
2: Yeah, um, and, and by the way, you know, we start. You know, again, the way I do everything and the way Dean does everything, we didn't just we didn't just go well. Let's let's go get a a, a print-on-demand book and let, let's just put it. You know, up. You know, we literally said, okay, how do we make our book look like every other book? That comes from the big companies, meaning from from Simon Schuster or Harper Collins or Bantam or any of how do we make our book look like their books? So the first thing we did, even though, you know, we're both um, well versed in English and we both did very well in college. We gave our books to a proper editor. We we hired one of the editors away from Simon Schuster to work at night and uh let him edit the book properly the way every other book is edited and by the way it wasn't a ton of money you would think oh my god la de da these guys are spending big money that was like uh, i think we paid 22 or 2500 bucks for that service Mm -hmm. um the other service and this is important for anyone who wants to self-publish a book people are going to buy it in 20 different formats meaning nook kindle um You know, you name the electronic device um, and people are going to want it for that device. And if you don't spend the money to format that book for every device that's out there, you're going to miss a big audience. So we did that. Uh, That was a lot of money. So we had it uh, formatted for print on demand. We had it formatted for, um, you know, Nook, Kindle, every other device out there. And we also did the Audible.com version of it. Um, so it, my book, when it went up for sale, looked like every other book. You know, no one would even know that it's a self-published book. We even we created our own um, company um, called Pistachio Press, and uh, we put it out on Pistachio Press. So it looks like any book out there.
0: Cool. And how did how was it received? Did you? blow everyone. Away the first day, what were sales like?
2: Well, yeah, um, we did we did knock it out of the park on the first day, um, big time. Um, Dean, I, you see, I didn't know any of this, but Dean said, "Look, um, if if you could be within the top, you know, twenty thousand of all books being sold on on Amazon Kindle, you you're killing it. Just know that you will sell enough books so that we could get our money back." And he says, I said, okay. And he goes, look, if somehow he goes on the first day, all of your fans are going to buy it. You may hit 10,000. If you get as low as 10,000, you are really knocking it out of the park. Every publisher wants their books to be at or below 10,000. I said, okay. Well,
0: this is ranking in Amazon, right?
2: Yeah. On Amazon, Amazon ranking on Kindle. Okay. Well, my book came out at about 14,000 because my ravenous fans went out right away and started buying
0: and those are fans from the podcast
2: from the podcast. Okay, cool. That's all I had. And so we both went, wow, 14. And Dean called me, I was out working and Dean called me about an hour later. He goes, dude, you just hit 11,000. And I made a joke. I said, wow, maybe, maybe I'll hit, you know, below 10,000. He goes, yeah. He goes, your fans are going to stop buying at some point. Well, to make a really long story short, um, by, Eight o'clock the first night. We were at below four hundred at three sixty-eight of all books, all the millions of books being sold in Kendall. We were book number three sixty-eight. Uh we were number three in memoirs. Um, right. We were beating out um uh I can't remember her name. The girl from Saturday Night Live that that played Sarah Palin.
0: Ah, uh, um
1: you
2: know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah,
0: I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, hold on. Okay, now I have to look this up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm going to kick myself for
2: we um, got a book about the Queen of England. Tina Fey. Tina Fey. And, and the, like we couldn't believe it. And Dean said, "Well, you know, all of you fans just came out in in big time fashion." And he goes, "You know, expect it to be at 20,000 by late tomorrow." Well, it literally stayed below a thousand for about a month, and then it started creeping between, you know, eight hundred and twelve hundred per day. Uh, we never saw ten thousand ever until we got to, you know, right before Christmas, and then we did a Christmas sale and went back down to about a thousand and maybe seven hundred. And I think, as it sits today, it's at eighteen or nineteen thousand. I don't know where it is today, but it fluctuates.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But whenever we do any kind of promo, it drops back down. Like if you said, Vin, we want to see your book. Like if I know I'm gonna do Opie and Anthony show and I wanna look like a real cool dude, I can do some promo stuff and get that book right down to, you know, nine thousand in a heartbeat. You know?
0: And then how can you share how those numbers, the rankings at Amazon's might translate to sales? I mean you don't have to give us exact numbers if you're not comfortable, but just like how many books are we talking about here? Or maybe even just tell us how many have you sold thus far?
2: Um, well, I used to say it was thousands and then it became tens of thousands. Um, we're still below 100,000 books, but we have sold a lot of books. I'll, I'll just put it that
0: way. Yeah, that's my
2: partner and I don't mention. Sure. But yeah, and, and by the way, the book is still selling like hotcakes. Um, and the one thing that doesn't count in those rankings and it's where we sell most, like this has become like a crazy thing. It's the audible.com thing, uh, that sells more books and that doesn't even go into the ranking of the book.
0: So you're, you're saying the audio version of the book is selling better than the paper version or the electronic version.
2: No, it would, have to sell, uh, it would have to sell a ton to outdo the paper version. But the amount that comes in on Audible.com, I was told that Audible is a tough sell. Oh, and I someone see. told me that if you sell 500 books in, the, in your first year on Audible, being a self-published author, you know, consider yourself the luckiest man on earth. Somebody told me, uh, another guy that worked at Audible said, uh, two or three hundred is about all you might sell since you have a podcast that people may pick it up. We went past 500 books on Audible within the first week, uh, and it sells like you wouldn't believe every day. As a matter of fact, I'm up for an Audible award on the book, and it's a book I didn't even want. I, I didn't want to do it, you know, because Dean wanted me to be the voice, and I have a horrible voice, and I hate the way I read, but I was convinced to go in the booth and do it, and uh, I'm glad I did now.
1: Oh, so
0: you did record it yourself? What? You, d- you did record it yourself
2: yeah you know and i i literally kicked and screamed i was in front of the mic with the headphones on in the booth again we hired people we hired audible's guys to do it and um i was sitting in, in the booths over there going i'm not going to do this <laughs> and dean said let's just do let's just see what let, prove to me that you can't do it so i read the first chapter and uh you know, the guy, the Audible guy loved it because I kept going off the page. And by the way, we think that's something that's happening with this book is that the book, I go off the page a lot and talk a lot about things related to what I'm reading. Uh, the other thing I do is uh, I, I, I kept stuff in that we took out of the final edit of the book. I kept it in the Audible. So that's added content. And then Dean comes in at the end, which is something that never happens the co-authors, we got together and we sat there for about 15 minutes and talked to the audience about how we did this. That's
1: <laughs> so cool.
0: So unscripted.
2: Yeah, totally unscripted. I said, Dean, you know, why don't you hop in here? Let's let's just you know have a little love affair with the mic, and and we did that, and it turned out really well.
0: I mean, I could see why people might be gravitating toward the audible version, especially if you have a crowd that really spreads you by word of mouth, if they're like, Hey guys, like check out the audio version, there's stuff in here that you won't find anywhere else. Um, I, I imagine that that might've contributed to the increased number of sales on audible.
2: That, that would be my guess. Um,
0: do you think there's an opportunity for podcasters out there, people who even have books who may not be using audible or who may only be reading their exact text, to give their audience a little bit, something extra, um, know, whether it's a I mean, it could almost be like a hidden podcast, uh, you know, type of thing in the book itself. Uh, as far as the audio version is concerned,
2: I don't think that's a bad idea at all. You know, th- this is really the Wild West when it comes to what's going on right now. And, you know, no one told me to do that. Um, but as you know, you've heard my show, uh, The Angriest Trainer Podcast. I-, I can't stay on topic for two minutes on anything. <laughs> And, um, yeah,
0: I had the privilege of being on your show, which was a lot of fun. Um,
2: yeah, you know, we, and by the way, we'd love to have you back on. Um, you were one of our favorite guests. I, I said it to everyone. Um, <laughs> no, but really, we'd love to have you back on. Um, you know, I, I never stay on topic on anything, and it's kind of something that people find charming about me. Uh, Serena doesn't. Uh, people who have to live with me don't find it all that charming. But it's kind of worked as a brand for me. Um, and it's funny because I, I was listening to um, I, I don't get to read as much as I used to. So I, I'm listening to more audibles myself. And I was listening to uh, Crush It by uh, Vaynerchuk, mm-hmm. Gary Vaynerchuk uh, on audio. And he did that a bunch of times, too. So I think more guys are doing that. When I say guys, I'm meaning guys, people, you know, everyone is going off the page a bit and getting more in the audiobook than especially if you read it yourself. You know, we used to hand these things off to James Earl Jones or someone like yeah, that, Morgan
0: to, Freeman, right?
2: You know, but we're doing them ourselves and it's paying off.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a that, that's a huge opportunity there for people. I mean, I who would have thought that it would that would even be okay? I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't be okay, but I th- I think people feel like the audiobooks have to be exactly like the, you know, the text version. Um, And it doesn't have to be. I I think there's a huge opportunity out there for premium podcast type material being sold through channels like Audible. Now I don't know, um, and I I do have uh, an audio version of my uh, book Let Go uh, as well, which is on audiobooks.com. But um, you know, are there rules like could could somebody who has a podcast who doesn't yet have a book produce something on Audible like that? I don't know.
2: Uh, with without having the actual book, um, I, I don't know. I, I think that's an interesting question. Uh, because if so, I can go back into a booth tomorrow, and and start recording all kinds of stuff. As a matter of fact, I bought this little machine. It's sitting right here on my desk, and I just started using it. It's called a Zoom H6. Um, and it's a little portable recorder, and I'm, I hook it right up to my uh, my Shure SM57 or 58, and I, I'm I've been recording stuff in there so that people can go to vintotteris.com and actually listen to pure lessons without me, you know, yammering with, uh, you know, uh, with Anna and the guest and the whole thing, where it's just like five and ten minute pieces of me just saying, here's how if you want to be in ketosis, here's how you do it. If you want to be no sugars, no grains, here's how you do it. If you weigh 300 pounds and you want to lose 100 pounds, here's how you do it. And I probably have two or three hours of of content, but they're going to be in five and 10 minute pieces so that people can. It'll be like, you know, going to a smorgasbord. You know, just pick and choose. Mm -hmm. Decide what you want to listen to that day. Uh, So I'm doing that myself uh, for free. Now, if I took all of those and put them together and put them on Audible, could I sell them? I bet that's an interesting thought.
0: Yeah, I, I'll actually go to audiobooks.com or Audible after this interview and see if that's even possible. Or do you have to have like a book in Kindle or on Amazon or published at a traditional publisher um, in order to qualify to be able to do that? We'll see. I don't know. But just, just you know, spitballing here.
2: Yeah, yeah. We might you and I might have you, you and I meaning you might have just come up with one of the best ideas in in, in you know the history of, of the internet. No,
0: no I doubt it's it's that. But uh you know I, I'm always looking for new opportunities and new way to new ways to deliver content. I mean Audible and audiobooks.com are platforms which have an existing audience. It's it's its own search engine if people are searching for particular things it could be you know the next thing that people produce content for that being said there's always that point at which people who do this new they get the most benefit from it and then all all of a sudden it becomes saturated so i could see if it is possible audiobooks.com or audible saying no you have to have a book because if this is if this is something that works then people are going to just start spamming and flooding it with crap you know what i mean
2: yeah, yeah, they, they, you're right. They may do it that way. But but then again, I mean, look at something like Netflix. You know, that started off where they would just play other people's movies, and now they're doing original content. So mm-hmm. I know that's way different than what we're talking about here, but it all changes.
0: No, yeah, that's true. So I know we've talked about uh, self publishing versus traditional publishing a lot here in the past. We've had a show with Get Jeff Goins on, which I recommend you listen to if you're into publishing. Um, a lot of great very tactical strategic um, things you could do in that episode Um, first of all just again thank you for coming on the show Uh, we're approaching the 43 minute mark here and I just want you to tell everybody you know everybody out there based on your experience you know maybe one or two tips for everybody who is getting into online business or perhaps um, they are in that sort of down moment of their lives they got laid off or they just don't love their job Um, I mean you were going through a lot of incredibly tough moments of your life all within a very short time period. What advice would you give uh, for people who, who are feeling that sit that way right now?
2: The biggest piece of advice I, I'm, I know this sounds kind of toolish, but stick with it. Uh, that's number one. You, you know do it, believe in what you're doing and stick with it. it you know it matters so much. I, I had nowhere else to go. I, I'm not qualified to do anything else except fitness. I just had to find a different platform to do fitness. And I found this box sitting on my desk and decided that box was going to be how I did business. Uh, Nothing, nothing, nothing will happen overnight. Uh, Don't expect money. Don't think you're going to put up something cheap on the Internet and people are going to just go, oh, my God, I have to do that. You can't scam people. People are too smart. You don't want to scam people. Give people, be honest with yourself, be honest with people, uh, and you're going to succeed. But it's not going to happen overnight.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Vinny. Again, author of Fitness Confidential, which you can find on Amazon. If you go to the show notes here, which I'll mention at the end of the show, you'll uh, get a direct link to it. And um, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, it's being sold for $9.99, which is on the higher end of the Kindle uh, spectrum. Um, And then... I see 639 customer reviews at nearly five stars. So, I mean, just congratulations on all the success and the continued success that you're having from launching your podcast. Um, really quick question with your website. I mean, you, were you able to fix that eventually?
2: Uh, what I did was uh, I made it go away. Uh-huh. I just had someone clean it off the face of the earth. I've lost all of those blogs. I'll never get them back.
0: So it was hacked that bad, like it was just totally inaccessible. Yeah,
2: I gave it to a couple of people and they said, no, this is just whoever was asking you to get you, got you. Wow. And, um, you know, we, we have the, the site to see up now. As a matter of fact, the site will be changing in about a week or so. We just upgraded it. You know, there's going to be a lot more user-friendly things um, coming out of the dark ages. You know, I'm trying to catch up with the, you know, the patch lens of the world. <laughs> um, so, yeah you come to the site there's going to be more user friendly things to do there
0: awesome and that site is where
2: it's uh, vinnietortorich.com v i n n i e t o r t o r i c h .com angriest trainer podcast and of course you know fitness confidential the book
0: awesome love it, love, love the whole uh, sort of suite of things you have going on there vinnie vinnie again thank you so much for joining us and, uh, you know, we look forward to seeing what else you have in store for us in the future. Thank you,
2: Pat. All right, take care.
0: All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Vinny Todorich, also known as America's Angriest Trainer, host of the Angriest Trainer podcast on iTunes and author of the very successful book, Fitness Confidential. You can find him again at vinnytodorich.com. If you'd like all those links and the show notes and the resources, head on over to smartpassiveincome.com slash session one zero. Nine As always, iTunes reviews are completely welcome. If you have any questions that you'd like me to answer, I recommend you go to askpat.com. That's my other podcast. It goes on five days a week, and I answer a voicemail question from people like you five days a week. It's awesome. And uh, you might win an Ask Pat t-shirt as well, or not really win it, but you get one if you get your question featured on the show. We're approaching episode 101 million downloads, so thank you for all of you who've listened to Ask Pat. And lastly, if you're just starting out an online business and you want some help uh, and some direction from the get-go, I recommend going to my Getting Started page, which you can get at smartpassiveincome.com start. Thank you all so much for listening in. I'll see you in the next episode. Take care. Peace.
1: Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com.